Hey, Chris from the Mighty Decibel here. Welcome back. Uh, this edition, we're going to be naming the top 10 uh, 1990s thrash metal albums. And to help us, I've in, uh, invited uh, three members, three vocalist guitarists, actually, uh, from uh, members of bands that have issued some of the best thrash metal albums of 2021. Uh, so we've got Mark from Electro Electrocutioner. You want to wave and so everybody so knows guys. who he is. <laughs> <laughs> you got Julian from Crypt and hey. Leo from Karabner. Hello. Is that how you pronounce it, Karabner? Uh, it's actually Karabiner. If uh, say um, if you speak in Russian, uh, it's like Karabiner. Okay. Uh, the accent is on the I. Yeah. Right. All right. Thanks. All right, so uh, before we get uh, get going, I thought I'd give you guys a minute uh, to introduce yourselves a little more, you know, tell us about your band, uh, the releases that you've issued in 2021 that I already said were some of my faves of, uh, of the year, and uh, how you guys got into thrash. So, uh, Mark, why don't you uh, get us going? Yeah, what's up, everybody? Yeah, my name is Mark. I'm a singer, guitar player for thrash band based out of New York called Electrocutioner. We just put out our first EP called... 48 hours till termination uh really inspired by like you know 80s movies like robocop and escape from new york and then like kind of all the old nuclear warfare of all the 80s thrash stuff uh but we're really influenced by like a lot of the 90s thrash like technical stuff which is pretty cool that we're doing this list uh, i got into thrash actually i've been kind of into metal my whole life but uh growing up in new york in the uh, 90s and stuff rap was really big uh and after rap got old Actually, I found a Megadeth CD at a garage sale and I listened to it and I was hooked right from there out of nowhere. I was like, wow, this is more extreme than rap. And from there, that was it. So that's my story. <laughs> All right. So, Julian, what about you? Yeah, I'm Julian. I'm the vocalist and guitar player for uh, Crypt from Augusta, Georgia. Um, and we actually put our record out around January. Uh, it's End of the Crypt, our debut EP. We kind of we're going to hold off on releasing it, but unexpectedly our bass player passed away. So we decided to put it out in memory of him, um, knowing that he'd want us to put the record out and at least try to keep going. So that's what we ended up doing. Um, but as far as like the way I got into thrash, um, I think I went to a show locally here in Augusta with my friend and my friend's brother. And he was much older than us. And I was maybe like 10 or 11. And I got to see Toxic Holocaust and Black Dolly Murder play. And that kind of pushed me into the whole metal, like thrash metal scene. And then I started discovering bands like Slayer and Exodus and going further with like Demolition Hammer. And that kind of got me into the whole metal scene as a whole. And I, you know, thrash has just been number one ever since. And you've always wanted to play guitar or was that even as a little kid or did you get into, you know, uh, playing guitar later on? Um, I wanted to like dabble in it a little bit because I was into punk before I got into metal. Um, but hearing like Gary Holtz playing on Bond of My Blood and then any of his other records like that they put out with Exodus kind of pushed me towards wanting to play guitar. So I would definitely say he's the reason why I play now. Cool. I saw um, uh, Exodus on the Bonded by Blood tour way back when, and they were freaking hot. <laughs> One of the best shows I've ever seen. So what about you, Leo? What's your story? Uh, I'm Leo, uh, lead guitarist and vocalist in band called Carabina, and um, 
I got in the flash. Uh, no, let me tell tell you first about my band. Uh, we play different forms forms of thrash. We actually have some more hardcore influence material, but now we're writing more uh, like thrash death influenced uh, songs, more like Sodom, Creator, Demolition Hammer, or even with some touch of uh, technical thrash metal, Vivod, Coroner, Mekong Delta, Watchtower, and other bands. Uh, I got in with thrash actually when I was a little kid, just heard Metallica, Slayer, basically the big four and started getting a little bit more into that and actually two years before uh, this moment uh, I met uh, the drummer of my band and uh, actually after that that was kind of a renaissance for me and I started to get in more into underground bands uh, especially in the Eastern Bloc bands, uh, as uh, you, Chris, could see uh, from yeah. so much uh, bands from USSR and Russia in my top list. And that's why I'm here. Yes. Excellent. All right. So why don't we get into it? Uh, I'll set the scene uh, first is that uh, how we attack this. Uh, I'll reiterate. Uh, so this is the top 10 thrash metal albums of the 90s. Uh, excluding the big four. Uh, I just thought, let's get them out of the way. <laughs> let's let's go a little bit more underground to, uh, that uh, they deserve some attention, right? Uh, so the process here was that the four of us, as well as an additional member of Electrocutioner, um, uh, gave their uh, top 10 list to me. Um, I then, uh, you know, did compilation. Uh, first place votes got 10 points. Uh, second place uh, votes got nine points and so on added them all up and then came up with the list of the top 10. So the attendees uh, uh, that are on the call here, they don't know the outcome of this. So this is all a, a surprise to them. Uh, so what I'll do is I'll start from the 10th down to the first and uh, I'll uh, ask the, the person who gave the highest vote for the album in question to you know, give a little bit of background on why they thought it was such a, a great album, uh, why it was so high on their list. Uh, and then anybody else on the call that wants to throw in their two cents uh, about that album uh, is welcome too. So uh, before we get going, just a quick stat that I thought was uh, interesting from all the, the votes we got in. So there's a possible 50 albums. There's five people, 10 apiece. Uh, and uh, what came out is that there were 39 albums selected. So, <laughs> so I thought there'd be more overlap, but there wasn't. Uh, so there was 31 albums with one vote five albums with two votes and only three albums with three votes uh, and seven of the eight albums with multiple votes uh, obviously will appear in the top 10 one of them didn't make it uh, but we'll talk about that later on so anyway with that out of the way let's uh let's get into it so right off the top and uh coming in at 10th we have a tie a three-way tie at 10th uh, so we actually have 11 albums that we're going to talk about because of uh, the three-way tie. Uh, so the first one is uh, issue from 1992, A Vision of Misery by Sadus. Uh, so uh, Mark, that was uh, high on your list. So uh, why don't you chat uh, to us about that one? Yeah, that's really interesting. I, I figure we might be all over the board because this 90s thrash isn't really talked about too much. And Especially after you get past 1993, it's either like some just obscure stuff that's mind blowing or just some garbage. But uh, uh, I so 
it is a controversial pick too because it's kind of that death thrash and of borders. But I think it's certainly a thrash album. Um, if you haven't heard the record, not you guys, I'm sure you haven't, but even if you haven't, it's really just a mind blowing album, in my opinion. From the the just it's just a very unique album. It's very brutal, but it doesn't really go into death metal territory. Um, it's very technical. Um, I think it's really just a, a chaotic album. Uh, I could see it definitely being controversial because maybe it's not thrash thrash, but a lot of the 90s stuff really isn't pure thrash anymore. There's so many like, you know, uh, bands just pushing it in certain directions. So I love that album. If you haven't checked that at home, check it out. I think it's great. Yeah. Anybody else want to add a two cents about that one? No. Okay. So let's move on to the next one is from 1992. Uh, it's Demolition Hammer's Epidemic of Violence. So, uh, Julian, you uh, you had had that high on your uh, your list. Yeah, so that, that record kind of has a bit of like that kind of death thrash feel to it. Um, it was definitely a step up from their uh, first record, Tortured Existence, um, especially with the, the production of the record. And like the song Abortacide is probably my favorite off that record because it's just raw and it it pounds you immediately. Like you get the drum fill and immediately goes in and just pounds you in the head with like super fast riffs. You've got, um, Vinny days, um, his drumming. Um, it's just, I would say it's probably one of my favorite records just because of the sheer velocity of the record. Cool. All right. The, the third one that came in 10th, uh, was eccentrics uh, for whose advantage? So that was from 1990. Uh, so again, over to you, Mark, on this one. Yeah, I know my drummer uh, thought highly of that one too. Yeah. That's uh, such an underrated English uh, thrash band. Uh, it's, in my opinion, it's probably their best album. After that, it kind of uh, I think they put out maybe two more in the 90s, and the the one that's later, maybe like 96 or 97. It's just they kind of did like the uh, not so much of the groove thing, but it just kind of doesn't sound like that anymore. But for those who, uh, for whose advantage by Zentrix is an awesome album. Uh, it's very, uh, I'm not going to say mainstream, but it's not as extreme as these other selections where it's like, you know, very techie or proggy or bordering on death. You know, it's a straight thrash album, a lot of grooves in there. Um, fast paced lyrics are great, very melodic in the sense where like the songs are memorable. So I would say it's kind of closest to like a big four release in that sense. So if you're looking something like a straightforward thrash album, I think it's a great uh, album to check out. All right. Now, Chris, you did a list too, right? I'm just curious. Yeah, I did. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, sure. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Mine, mine come in a little later. Oh. Because <laughs> there's some overlap with other people. On, uh, yeah. I just was making sure. Yeah. 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 Actually, we uh, hit on Leo next. Uh, so coming in in seventh, uh, was Master Talk of the Devil. Uh, so, Leo, this was your uh, number one album. Yeah, this record is, uh, for me, uh, it's like the the essence of thrash. It's, for me, it's perfect. It's not death thrash. It's not uh, melodic, way too melodic. It's not too groovy. It's just like uh, the basic thrash stuff. And... Uh, uh, it has so much great riff, so much great soloing. The production of album is pretty good uh, after this, um, after the two previous uh, masters releases. Uh, they were a little bit more uh, bad in quality, but uh, this album was kind of an um, attempt to go to more 
Western uh, market. Sorry for <laughs> for being too, uh, a little bit nervous. <laughs> uh, and uh, for me, there's every track of that record is a standout track, and uh, there are no fillers for me. And this is just what makes this record great. Yeah. Did you have access to all the the um, all the you know from records from all the countries, or was it easier to get music from you know Ukraine, uh, Russia, or is it is it just your pure preference that you prefer? There's a lot of Russian stuff in there. Uh, actually, it's harder to get into Russian and Ukrainian stuff in our country because uh, every time when you put out a uh, record, uh, you face like situation when everyone's searching for plagiarism, and uh, the Western people uh, they listen, they say this stuff is great, this is amazing. When, when and when our people say this is copied from Slayer, this copied from Metallica, and you just like don't get it at all. And uh, this is a not not a very popular thing to listen to our metal in our country because it's not very fashionable. Interesting. Because we have something similar in Canada with the U.S., uh, not necessarily in thrash, but music in general, uh, that we always uh, tend to put down Canadian material as being substandard to the U.S., for whatever reason, yet we have you know great bands uh, coming from here, so it's uh, interesting. I'd say pound for pound, Canada might be so underrated for thrash fans, but pound for pound, dude, I think it's a controversial statement. They could be one or two, Chris. No, I'm, I'm showing the Canadians love for this one. All right. Yeah. <laughs> well, my favorite thrash band is Razor, so yeah, I, I saw them. I, I don't know how many times I've seen them live uh, because they're you know. Uh, they were opening up for Anvil and bars and stuff uh, when I saw them. So uh, was sheep. And they have the uh, they have that kind of anti-American song, right? I forgot what it was about. Uh, not American lust. Yeah, exactly. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah, that's basically the story right there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's about to say. Good segue. And I wonder if they're on the list. I know that they might be. Oh, they might be. <laughs> so uh, actually, uh, tied for seventh uh, was Creator Cause for Conflict. Uh, which was my number one album of uh, the 90s. So this one I, I loved because um, uh, at the time uh, they were, the album before Creator was experimenting. I don't know if you remember that one, Renewal. I liked it, but, you know, um, uh, I think they really heard the flack from the bands, uh, from the fans, and they came back with Cause for Conflict. And this one is just a fucking a really hot album. Uh, it's it's got um, the drumming from uh, Joe uh, Congles. I always get his name wrong. Congles. I can't pronounce him. Anyway, it's amazing. If you haven't heard it, uh, amazing drumming. Uh, the velocities. He's they're all almost playing into hardcore punk uh, category uh, and some of this stuff too. So if you haven't heard the, uh, this album, uh, yeah, I just really love it. There's uh, uh, fave tracks there would be Catholic Despot, uh, Progressive po uh, Proletarians, and then the uh, Hardcore Punkers, uh, Bomb Threat and Dogmatic. Just amazing album. I, I, I really love it. So then the next one, uh, Razor comes up now. <laughs> so coming in at number six is Razor with Shotgun Justice. Uh, so Julian, that was on uh, your list and, and mine. But why don't you chat about that one? That record kind of, for me, it, for a minute, I think with the previous record they put out, 
it seemed like they were tapering off a little bit. And I, I had always been into Razor. And whenever I listen to new records, I try to take my time. Like when I find new bands, I take my time to listen to one record and then move on to the next after like maybe a month um, of just constant listening to it to kind of see what I feel about it. And with the previous record, they, they seem to be tapering off with a, a lot of the sound that they had, but then they just came back with Shotgun Justice. And then like ever since then, like Razor's not put out a bad record to me, but this record, especially Electric Torture off that record yeah. uh, is a pretty damn good representation of what thrash metal should be and actually that's funny because i had that on the list to uh to put as the segue between these uh these different albums (laughs) good choice (laughs) yeah they uh i I loved the violent restitution album uh that was the last one was was sheepdog uh actually one of i think uh, one of the most underrated thrash albums of all time that's an amazing one and i thought uh shotgun justice actually was a uh you know was the true continuation of that sound but with the new vocalists so yeah really good stuff yeah i love that um uh that's actually uh i know a lot maybe it's from where i'm from but everybody talks about violent restitution as being their best album and i i think shotgun justice is just so awesome i think I think it's very influential too in a lot of these, like in, in the new wave of thrash metal. Like, if I listen to uh, Shotgun Justice, I hear like how Municipal Waste basically that's their the playbook. Um, it's just so straightforward. It's it's awesome. And uh, Chris, how would you rate that album cover for Shotgun Justice? Is it awesome, bad, or awesomely bad? Where would you it's, put it? it? I was going to say that it's awesomely bad. <laughs> <laughs> it's, that's a great it's, album. It, it works, right? I think it's cool. <laughs> I, I think I, my drummer put that on there. I, that was my 11th place. I, I wanted to sneak it in there, but too many sentimental picks as well. Yeah. <laughs> so then coming I in. At- perfectly representates uh, what's uh, played on the album. Actually, I've been listening to that album uh, all the way along uh, over past month or and a half or so. And that's album, that album is just pure brutal. And uh, if you're talking about with... Um, uh, that uh, comparing to the violent restitution, uh, to me, uh, these two albums come in pair, and I, I, I can't actually take uh, one from each other apart because they're like a like a pair of socks, or I, I don't know how to comp- yeah. how to find a better comparison. Yeah. Well, Razor is coming out supposedly with a new album, right? So uh, let's cross our fingers that that actually uh, comes out soon. He's been threatening for a while. Yeah. All right. So let's uh, move on then to our uh, number four record because uh, we've got another tie at at four. Uh, The first of those being uh, another Canadian one uh, from 1990s, From This Day Forward, Oblivion. Uh, so Mark, you would uh, rank that one high. Yeah, me and I know my drummer ranked that one high too. Uh, once again, we have two Canadians in a row. Uh, Oblivion is in, I think, I don't know, Chris, maybe you know, I think they have three albums. Am I correct on that? Or I think it's three. Yeah. 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 I know the, the next album Nemesis was pretty good, but it's kind of like um, it very sound, it very much sounds like a, like a late nineties thrashing with a down tune in a little bit. But if you haven't heard from this day forward, it's, it's just a, such a unique album. Um, a lot of like time changes is definitely in the technical stuff. Uh, maybe it's just because the album cover with the kind of the outer space kind of vibe. I don't know if they're like kind of tipping into Voivoda, but it's very similar to that. But uh, I think it's a great album. It's fun. I would check out just check out the title track 
uh, from this day forward. Uh, it's just a unique album. I think a lot of this stuff uh, from the 90s that I think is the best is a lot of these obscure releases that are just super unique with, you know, time changes and kind of trying to push things forward. Unfortunately, I think it pushed things less mainstream, which is probably why it died off in the 90s. But, uh, I, you know, great stuff. Well, that's the, uh, the problem, right, is if you uh, um, thrash is already a pretty small subsection, if you start, you know, throwing in curveballs in there, too, you're going to lose some of the, even the thrash fans in there. But uh, so be it. OK, the other one that ended up uh, tying for fourth uh, was Anacrusis Reason. So that's back to you again, Mark. Yeah. Sorry, guys. Electrocution are my band. We, we just listened to the same stuff. So it's very <laughs> We can, we, we're, we're kind of overrepresented in here. Anacrusis, uh, very progressive thrash band. So once again, probably kind of a controversial pick because they do get labeled more as a progressive band. Um, I think they're extremely underrated. Um, once again, very unique stuff with the, the guitar tone at the time. Um, the vocals are very interesting. At times it sounds, you know, just like brutal stuff. And then he kind of comes in with this like, sweet like kind of like a hypnotic melody interlaced in there um like i when i hear that band nowadays i kind of hear like at the gates that guitar tones to me kind of a direct lineage like anacrusis um i would recommend the song misshapen intent off of that album if you haven't heard them before um i think their earlier album manic impressions is kind of like labeled their masterpiece but i think reason is better Uh, if you haven't checked it out and you're into progressive stuff it's i think it's probably uh the tops Oh, so all right so sorry about that we were rudely interrupted there um, um i was just asking a question of um of uh, julian leo whether they're into technical thrash or all types of thrash or wh- wh- what were their preferences um so i i do like a lot of technical thrash like i would say one of the more prevalent bands to me as far as technical stuff would be forbidden you know they've got a lot of like that technical aspects especially with twisted in the form that record uh, definitely comes up a lot for me. Um, and also uh, a band called Invocator is actually really good um, as far as like technical stuff. So I, I definitely do like a bit of the technical aspect of like, you know, it's not just straight tremolo picking, you know, stuff like that. But, um, although I, I do like the veracity of it, but definitely I would, if there's any more like technical thrash bands out there, I'd check them out. Cool. What about you, Leah? I do enjoy technical thrash as well, progressive thrash, technical thrash. It actually is kind of interesting after to listening the monotonous wall of sound to hear some uh, interesting stuff that can actually fuck up your mind and you're trying to just understand what is going on music-wise. That's really interesting and that brings some fresh ideas or... Uh, uh, actually improves your musical thinking. Um, I, as I mentioned earlier, I love uh, Corner, Mekong Delta, Vivat. If to talk about uh, the Eastern scene, uh, there is a um, Ukrainian band called uh, Edem or Edem. Uh, this is um, a little bit a, a mispronouncement uh, because uh, actually a band is called Edem but uh, their title is A them. So that kind of causes a little bit of misunderstanding. And their 1988, uh, 1989 record Golgotha 
is uh, really amazing. Despite the mm, not very good quality of recording, it is amazing and mm, you got a lot of songs that you listen and just get in shock. Um, I could, I think I could mention uh, the song is hard to be a god, yes. So is it also a technical thing, like a, a musician thing? Because it, you guys, you, know, you listen to the technical stuff and it forces you to get better with your instruments. Is that part of the draw for you to, you guys as well? Or is it purely just the listening thing, like a ear candy? I like what Leo said. Uh, you know, I've been listening to Thrash for, I don't know, over 20 something years. And uh, after a while, it's, you know, you want something that a little less monotonous or something, you know, like uh, a little more creative or something that will, as Leo said, fuck up your mind or something like that. So I, I have a choice that kind of embodies that just hardcore technicality unique. I don't know if it made the list. So I'm not going to say it yet, but um, that's what I think. It just, as I, you know, as you get older, you know, you've listened to like, you know, we excluded the big four. So you listen to, you know, master of puppets a million times, and then you want something a little more, you know, deeper and technical and, I think there might be a musician aspect to it because, you know, I know friends who love metal, but they're not, you know, they don't play guitar or anything like that. And they might not appreciate, you know, what someone's doing or how hard it is or, wow, they, instead of playing uh, one riff and a chorus and a verse, there's 17 riffs. <laughs> so uh, I hate like the math metal stuff, but I like the really kind of laser focused tech type of stuff. Um, I think it's just more creative. I think it, I can really appreciate it. All right, so now we're down to the top three, and we got a tie at uh, at number two. Uh, the first of those is 1990 again. Uh, Exodus impact is imminent. Uh, so Julian, uh, that was uh, high on your list. So this record for me is uh, is probably one of my favorite records of all time. I mean, you know, of course, like I'd probably say like it's tied with Slayer's Hello Eights. But as far as like just 1990s and then listening to Exodus and, you know, having my favorite guitar player in that band, like that record is probably some of their best work that they've ever done as well. You know, of course, like the production could have been a little bit better, but knowing what they were dealing with, with like dealing with a new record label, like a major label and stuff like that, it was definitely like a, a bit of a problem to deal with that. And they've said they would love to re-record it. But as far as this record, um, it's just there's no sense of like power or like uh, there's like no sense of low power in this record. Like uh, a, a good example would be Only Death Decides. That riff is just so heavy and then you get the, the harmonizing guitars right after the solo and then it goes right back into the, the heavy riffing and then Changing of the Guard which is probably my favorite song off that record. Oh, yeah. That, oh, man, that that guitar work on there. And then you've got... Thrash Under oh, Pressure. Yeah, Thrash oh, Under wow. Pressure is so good, too. Wow. But, like, on Changing the Guard, the guitar solos, that guitar solo is, like, it made me want to better myself as a guitar player. Because, like, hearing Gary's solo, because he was the... As far as I'm aware, he's the first solo on the song. Like, that, that just blew me away. So I, I definitely had to choose that as my number one pick. Yeah. The last 10 minutes of side two uh, with uh, thrash under pressure and changing of the guard, probably the best 10 minutes of thrash in the nineties, in my opinion, just like, wow, yeah. just blow your head off stuff. 
Oh, yeah. I, like, I like how you think of it as like a cassette or a vinyl side too. You know, it's so cool. <laughs> hey, that's what I, I do that too. I do that too. I go, I love the B side. And people are like, I listen to it on Spotify. I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> as I said, I'm the old guy here. Yeah. <laughs> All right. The other one that came in at number two uh, was Aspid uh, Extra Vacation. To be quite honest, I hadn't even heard that one before I went uh-huh. listened to it when it, uh, when it showed up on, on the list here. Uh, so it showed up on uh, Leo's and Mark's list, but Leo's really high on yours. So why don't you chat about this one? Uh, this record uh, got me with its really, really dark atmosphere. And to fully understand this atmosphere, uh, you actually got to be Russian or Ukrainian to actually understand the Russian language, because the poetry in this record is really high class it's uh, just like if the classic russian poets were writing uh, a bit more darker uh, material uh, material about our talk stuff and um, this is just an atmosphere of despair of uh, hopeless world that is dying from its sense it's just it just gets you through inside and the complex guitar riffs, the drum work, uh, Vasily Shapovalov, who unfortunately passed uh, this year, rest in peace. Uh, he is an amazing drummer, was an amazing drummer. And uh, he actually played so insane without actually having a drum school in the USSR community, in the USSR musician community, because all of these skills were just uh, gained by themselves by the musicians and the guitar solos the bass tone is just just heavy all those complex uh, time signatures riffing all those uh, uh, harsh screaming vocals and that just in uh, when to combine it all together i get almost a perfect thrash record for me over you mark yeah, I, I agree with Leo. I think it is a perfect thrash record. I rated it like number eight. I know my, uh, uh, I actually would rank it higher. Like it was, it was just hard for me to put it in the top five for some reasons, but uh, I've never heard a better technical metal album. Uh, it's just, everything is surprising to the ear, whether it's how they structure the songs, how they structure the riffs. Um, the drumming is top notch. The guitars are top notch. Uh, the solos are just wild and frenetic, but uh, it's one of the most unique metal albums you'll ever hear, you'll ever hear if you're into tech because it'll blow. It'll just, I mean, Chris, you said you checked it out. What'd you think of it? Uh, hearing because I actually found out about it maybe four or five months ago, and when I listened to it, I was like, "Holy shit, this is the." I actually had to stop it after four songs because I was like, "This is really <laughs> stirring my brain up. It's so crazy." What do you, you think, Chris? Well, as I said, uh, to be honest, I'm not into the tech stuff. So that's immediately hit me was that, oh, this is tech, <laughs> this is tech trash. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I can, I can appreciate it, uh, but it's not uh, the type of ear candy that I, I'm looking yeah. for, to be honest. Now, Leo, I, they only put out one album, right? They never put out anything else because I've I never heard anything else about them. And I heard they had, did they have to release that album in secret kind of because of the, the politics at the time? Do you know anything about that? Um, I don't think that the, their album release has had to do anything with politics. Uh, their uh, just uh, amount of vinyl copies was really little, and they were yeah, it goes for like two hundred bucks nowadays. Yeah, that um, it's pretty uh, yeah, 
<laughs> and they were kind of a local band and uh, actually a little later after putting this record they just mm, break they just broke uh, they actually had a reunion in 2010 and if you'll search in the web you can find a track called war uh, they recorded that track in 2010 and uh, that track uh, carries on the old aspect atmosphere and uh, I think it was amazing, but uh, unfortunately, due to some conflicts between the band members, they couldn't keep uh, it further. Or it's just uh, because of the, uh, all the media situation in Russia at the time, because uh, actually when the um, USSR thing, Perestroika, uh, happened in the 1985. The metal got big like uh, in seconds, but in the late 80s, more like in 1988, 1990, uh, metal started slowly going down. And when the Soviet Union broke, uh, the media was monopolized by pop music and you couldn't actually make your yourself a spot for a, a metal or rock song on the radio. So uh, that was... Um, and cool time for metal bands in the country. Thanks, man. Yeah, I would recommend uh, what toward one goal is a song on that album kind of encapsulates it. The mine one, uh, the mine personal favorite is um, "Where the Night," and uh, if to talk about uh, theatrical uh, side of performances, this is uh, "Give Me." Play for ballad. All right, so now we're down to the number one album um, from our selection from the five folks who uh, sent in their uh, their votes. And uh, I guess it's not a surprise. It's uh, Sepultura's Arise. Uh, so, Mark, you had that as your number one uh, album. So why don't you chat about the, about this one? So that means I was right, right? <laughs> I guess so. The rest of us weren't right. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Uh, yeah. Uh, to me, I think this is probably the best thrash album in the 90s. And if you don't think it is, it's it, everyone's got to respect that album. Um, you know, if, if you like Sepultura, don't like them. It's definitely them at, at, the, at the peak of their, their talents. You know, even if you like the groove metal stuff, it's not on this record. But some of their just thrash riffs are so groovy. So like, uh, uh, like it just hooks you in. Like I would recommend like uh, Meaningless Movements. One of my favorite metal riffs. Just it's tight. They're in their pocket. It's fast. Um, there's a great sense of atmosphere on that album with the cool, like, like robotic or medical or whatever that kind of sound is. The album cover is trippy as shit. Um, I just think there's not one bad song on it. It's just full of aggression. Uh, it's melodic. Uh, not talked about enough in metal, but the lyrics are just so cold and just just really stark and just kind of, I think everything uh, matches uh, the the mood of the, whether it's the lyrics, the art, just the sound. Uh, phenomenal album. I'd love to hear what you guys think. Yeah. But to my mind, uh, two words come into, into play, percussively intense. The, the, the percussion on that, holy shit. That's, uh, to me, that's the standout there. Nobody else uh, sounds like them. That, the, the, that album and Beneath the Remains, those two. Just amazing, amazing, punishing stuff to listen to. And, you know, that's the stuff I want. <laughs> Beat me in the head. <laughs> what about you guys? Yeah, this record was actually my number three. Um, it definitely has like that, that sort of like peak sepulcher, like thrash era, you know, like 
Um, I mean, of course, like Chaos AD, like all the records that came after it, like at least with uh, Max Cavalera still in the band, you know, they've got their place in everything. Like when they put out Chaos AD, they sort of, you know, going a bit more into that groovy sense. And then, you know, you've got uh, Roots and it's just all that. Is, I mean, it's definitely good stuff, but you have like just peak thrash right here. Like mm-hmm. I think it set a standard for the rest of the nineties that a lot of bands couldn't hit. Like, I mean, my favorite track is a uh, desperate cry. Cause I mean, they have like the, the little bits of melody in there that you wouldn't think melody would work in thrash, but it fits really well, you know, with Andre's kissers guitar playing. Um, I mean, you've, you've also got dead embryonic cells, altered states, a really good song too. Um, and another favorite of mine is subtraction. It's just, the riffing on the whole record is not bad at all. And then they do a great cover of a Motorhead song. So you just, you can't go wrong with it, you know? Yeah, I should mention that uh, it was the Runaway uh, winner as well. It had like 27 points and second place was 17. So yeah, it was, so uh, yeah, uh, the only one that wasn't on their list was Leo. So <laughs> What's the matter with you, Leo? Yeah, what's the matter with you? Yeah, so, so uh, what is your take on, on that album? Uh, I actually prefer um, Beneath the Remains a little bit more, but uh, Arise is pretty good, straightforward thrash album. I just put it in my uh, tape uh, player and uh, I just enjoy it from side A to side B. And uh, this is just a solid thrash record and uh, you just bang your head, just sit back and enjoy. (laughs) Well, I don't have to don't have much to say anymore <laughs> enough said <laughs> all right guys so we went through the top 10 but before we we head out i wanted to give you some more stats i thought were were interesting um from the year of issue perspective uh mark i think you mentioned it earlier about early thrash um so 38 of the 39 albums uh, that were selected were issued before or on or before 1995. There was only one album post 95 and that was 1999's Witchery Dead Hot and Ready. Uh, everything else, you know, uh, it was all 95 and earlier. And the big year was 1990 had 33% and 92 had 21% and that was pretty evenly split the other three years. And then the country of origin um, 67% of the albums came from U.S., Germany, and Russia. Uh, the big one, of course, being uh, U.S. had 36%, then Russia had 18 and Germany had 13 And then there was eight other countries that made up the mix. They had one or two apiece. And the lone album that uh, had multiple votes but didn't make the top 10 was Dark Angel, Time Does Not Heal. Uh, they had low numbers and just didn't, uh, when added together, didn't make it. And on the vote splitting side, I have to mention uh, Sodom, uh, that they had a little bit of vote splitting going on because the, there's votes for Tapping the Vein as well as Better Off Dead. And if you had merged them together, one of those albums would have been uh, would have made it. And ad- additional, the only other band that had two albums uh, on the list was Creator. So the Cause for Conflict made the list, but there was also another uh, a vote for Coma of Souls. So interesting stuff there yeah so um uh thanks for joining us guys was there anything else why don't you uh go around the horn again and and say what your plans are for your bands uh over the next uh uh, few months uh touring and recording so uh, again we'll start with you mark 
Sorry, once again, Ben is uh, Electrocutioner. Check us out on Bandcamp. Uh, we got a bunch of shows lined up. We're playing Brooklyn in a few weeks, and then we're in a Long Island, Staten Island, the whole New York area. Uh, you know, with COVID, hopefully we can get it. You know, we'll play anywhere. So if you uh, check us out and you like it, you tell us we'll be there. Um, we have vinyls and cassettes coming out soon. Um, just keep, you know, playing metal. And uh, hopefully uh, we don't get locked down, locked down again, so we can just keep playing. So that's our plan. <laughs> Amen to that. <laughs> so, Julian? Uh, as far as Crypt, uh, we're working on new music. We're actually planning on uh, recording another EP to get out there. Um, we've got a couple shows that are being booked right now um, and more in the process of being booked. Uh, like we're playing next week and uh, we're playing this week, actually, on Friday. Um, and we're in the process of also getting vinyl and uh, cassettes done. So that should be in the next few months. We'll, we'll have everything ready to put that out for the original EP that we put. Um, we actually had an idea, but we ended up finding out how ridiculously expensive it was. But uh, Jesse's family gave us his ashes, like some of his ashes. So we had the idea of like doing like a small amount of pressings, like with his ashes pressed in it, but they want to charge like 4,500 per record. Wow. So we we wanted to do that and like give it to his family and then keep one for ourselves and stuff like that. But, you know, it's just way too expensive, but hopefully with, with like COVID dying, you know, us and then everybody else can start branching out again and, you know, yeah. getting out there. Cause there's so many bands that we're going to do so well. And then COVID just kind of, took a shit on everyone, you know? So hopefully like electrocutioner and Caribbean will work out as well, like with not having to deal with COVID anymore. Um, and, you know, thank you guys. Yeah. Thank you. And uh, Leo. Uh, our plans actually, we are making some new music right now for our full length record. We're not recording, but just composing at this point. Uh, we have some shows to play. Actually, th this Sunday we will play uh, one show and uh, a couple more shows. Uh, we are working right now in process for making a um, little uh, tirage of cassettes uh, for our EP. And actually, our plan is to get just known and promoted. Uh, so every everyone everyone as, uh, as possible could know us, our music, uh, listen and communicate with us because that's a great thing. That's what metal is about. And I wish uh, uh, the guys from uh, Electrocutioner and Crypt and uh, you, Chris, uh, the great luck and uh, just <laughs> an amazing day and success uh, at all. Yeah. Awesome. And as I said earlier, uh, everybody out there watching and listening, uh, yeah, check out the three albums from these guys. As I said, some of the best thrash metal of 2021. And I thank you guys for joining me. It was a lot of fun. And hopefully on our next uh, thrash metal episode, I can have you guys back on if you're interested. So, yeah, thanks again. Awesome. Yeah, thank you. I'd and all you uh, listeners out there and uh, viewers, uh, check out our website, www.themightydecibel.com uh, for all our future album reviews. And, uh, you know, Mondays we have our, uh, our uh, new release Mondays. Tuesdays we have our In 40 Minutes. And uh, Wednesdays reviews. Thursdays our top tens and such. So please join us. Have a great one, eh? Bye. Have a good one. Bye. Hey, thanks, guys, eh? Yeah. Went all yeah, right. Man.